Welcome to the Indie Matters Podcast, where we talk about the issues that matter most to Nevada. I'm Joey Lovato, the producer and editor of Indie Matters. This week we're playing audio from a forum we had up in Reno, hosted by our editor John Ralston, with panelists Jeff Burns from Blockchains, Chip Balby, CEO of Reno Land, and Center for Regional Studies Project Manager Brian Bonnenfant. The forum covered development in northern Nevada, as well as the impacts large private companies have on the region, and more. In pursuit of our mission to provide reader-supported, nonpartisan journalism, the Nevada Independent sometimes accepts sponsorships for the podcast and events. The sponsors have no input into topics or content. This episode of Indie Matters is sponsored by the Nevada Mining Association. Good afternoon, everybody. I really appreciate you all coming. My name is John Wallace, and I'm the editor of the Nevada Independent. Uh, and uh, uh, I have to tell you, one thing I've already noticed about that, I'm so honored to have this panel here, but apparently there is no dress code for this panel. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I, I do want to say that uh, um, uh, this is our second event uh, in northern Nevada since the Indie launch uh, in, in January of 2017, and I want all of you to know uh, that we hope to do many more events up in northern Nevada, more regularly uh, in, in northern Nevada, and uh, I don't know what it means, but uh, Mr. Burns has promised to be on every single panel. He likes to so, so much. Uh, and this is, on, this is on film here. But seriously, I appreciate it. I know everybody's really busy. Um, uh, the way this is going to work, in case, in case none of you read the invitation, is we're going to have a conversation up here for about an hour, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how it is. And then we're going to have uh, 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 some drinks and food. Uh, and I hope people will stay around and chat uh, about how this is the greatest event we've ever been to uh, a- a- afterwards. Uh, <laughs> look at the optimism here. Now I've got to change some of the questions for you, Chip. Uh, anyhow. So, uh, I, let me just do a, just a brief uh, 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 rundown in case some, some of you here are not familiar with the Nevada Independent. It's a nonprofit website that I started uh, with some of the best young reporters in the state uh, about uh, a, little more, a, little, a little more than two years ago now. <clears throat> Come on in, folks. Come on in. Come on in. It's fine. Uh, my reporters are, are, have done some deep dives into public policy, government campaigns. We have, we have tried to change the way that journalism is done here and as a model, frankly, for the rest of the country. We are, we, we are using forums like this and our pages, which are digital, of course, to elevate the conversation on a variety of different topics. And, and that's why we're here today. We don't want to, this is not a Q&A, this is going to be a conversation uh, among uh, four people, at least three of whom know what they're talking about. So that's going to be, uh, that's what we're trying to do. That's what the Indy is trying to do. Uh, we're going to try to do as many of these kinds of forums as we can, uh, both here, uh, and I was, I was actually talking to some folks. We're going to try to do one in Elko relatively soon as, as, as well. There's a lot of great issues to talk about uh, out, out, out in Elko. So, I hope, you, I hope you will. If you have not yet, you'll go check out the site at NevadaIndependent.com. And if you check it out and you like it, then you can go and punch my favorite button on the site, uh, which is support our work. Uh, donate some support uh, our, our work. Um, feel free, if you're, if you're so inclined, don't put away your phones. You can tweet. Uh, you can tweet highlights of the event with pictures or some of the incredibly trenchant words that are coming um, from, from, my, from my guests here. Use the hashtag IndieForum if you would, uh, and, and that's forms with an S if you want to do that. Uh, I want to thank some of the folks who helped us and were sponsoring this event. First, I have to mention Edon. Uh, which, which, which is a sponsor, and not only has sponsored this event, but embraced the idea uh, and helped us immeasurably. So I really appreciate uh, what, what Egon has done. And I also love the fact that the Brownstein Law Firm, you see their banner uh, back there. My old friend Cindy Dravibus and I have connected all, all over this. I really appreciate uh, the Brownstein Law Firm support of the Indy, not just now and in the past, but I know in the future as well. So thank, thanks to the Brownstein Law Firm for being here. 
John Porter, who you may remember, uh, used to be a congressman, uh, now is making a real living. Uh, he, his, his, his team has also sponsored this, so a round of applause for him. Uh, and finally, I want to thank the incredible, the wonderful staff here at the Atlantis for the job that they did setting this up, making sure that this went off without without a hitch. And, and John Farah, he, uh, uh, as soon as I called him and said I wanted to do an event, immediately embraced the idea too. So, round of applause for the Atlantis. and then we're going to have cocktails and food for about an hour and a half uh, after that. So I hope everyone will stick around. It really is great to see this many people. Uh, we may even have to eventually have some stragglers and bring in extra chairs. So thanks everyone for coming and we're going to get started. I can sit down, aren't you? And don't look at my notes. <laughs> so let me just really quickly, let me just really quickly introduce uh, the panel. Uh, on my far right, although I don't know if that's ideologically or not, is, the, is Jeff Burns, who's the CEO uh, of Blockchain. Before that, he was part of a law firm that specialized in class action lawsuits against financial services companies. My favorite part of research, though, uh, on Mr. Burns, is he used to be part of something called the Arranger. Do you remember him back? That yeah. far? And I was like 19. I yeah, the Arranger. You know what the Arranger did? <clears throat> Here's how it's described. It provided promotional products and trips for many of the Las Vegas casinos and bingo halls. So that's, that's what you got in start. So thanks to Jeff Burns for, be, for, for, for being here. Next to Mr. Burns is uh, Brian Bonifant. Some of you may know him. Uh, in fact, he's quoted more than I do in places. He's the project manager for the Bridge Center for Regional Studies, where he's conducted a wide variety of mapping analyses at the University of Nevada, Reno, since 1994. I also hope, no offense, gentlemen, he'll be the voice of reason on, on, on this panel. Thanks for coming, Brian. I, 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 I. Chip Bowlby is the CEO of Reno Land, as many of you know. He started in the construction industry working for his mom. I love this story. Doing just about every job. He's now working on multifarious projects in Reno, as you know, including the iconic Park Lane and Ranchero properties. Chip, thanks for coming as well. So let's. I want to talk in very broad terms about the future of Reno, about where we're going, about what the what's going on with the economy. What, what are the challenges, what are the benefits of having so much development, high tech coming in? So let me, let me, let me ask Mr. Burns first. By the way, he wanted to, he wanted to uh, do a tutorial on blockchains, but I told him we only had an hour, so he said no. <laughs> so let me, let me uh, start this conversation off. I, I think you're kind of the mystery guy up here, a lot of people still, right? Let me, let me read to you what you said to the New York Times in a story that was published on November 1st. He's already grimacing, which I love. Because I know what you're going to quote. <laughs> Here's what he said about what he's doing up in those uh, 67,000 acres. This will either be the biggest thing ever or the most spectacular crash and burn in the history of mankind. I don't know which one. I believe it's the former, but either way, it's going to be one hell of a ride. <laughs> Yeah. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> so if, if, if you thought the internet brought on the age of information, the blockchain will bring on the age of collaboration. So what we're trying to do is position ourselves in a way that we are the people's voice. Right? If you look at, if you look at what's happened over the last 20 years, the financial industry has grown because they handle custody, they handle holding our money or our assets. The information industry has grown because they handle our identity uh, virtually. They also handle our reputation. We don't necessarily trust the seller on Amazon, but we trust Amazon, right? So as blockchain develops, you're going to see uh, industry try to preempt it say they're doing blockchain, but they are going to maintain control over those three things. And those three things are really the holy grail for 
empowering the individual, and that and that's what we're trying to do. So we've got all of these crazy things, right? We have these nuclear bomb-resistant, EMP-resistant bunkers in different parts of the world. We're building one here in Innovation Park. We have that's for our identity and custody solution, but. The smart city is to show how blockchain technology can actually change the way we interface with each other, interface with technology, and interface with infrastructure. So, I, 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 I want to ask the question essentially: Why here? Why, 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 why Northern Nevada? I mean, obviously the tax structure here is is, is appealing to someone uh, like you, but it's got to be more than that, isn't it? So. Um, uh, <laughs> It, I originally was going to do a smaller project in the state of Washington, and um, I bought a, a small town called Wakanda, and it isn't the Wakanda from. If it was, I would be there right now. But um, I bought a small town uh, called Wakanda, and I was going to do a much smaller project there to showcase how blockchain can, can change. And I took my wife up there to look at a piece of property and she said, hell no, I'm not moving here. So then we said, what about Tahoe? What about Northern Nevada? Uh, we had the Key Keffer bill that was very welcoming to blockchain technology companies. So that was an entrance. And obviously, uh, the, the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center, which is now Innovation Park, or what we have as Innovation Park, uh, there is no place in the world like this. I, I have spoken to Tesla, I've spoken to Google. We all agree there's something magical right here, right now. Why, why is that? I mean, uh, and I promise I'll move on to the others in, in, in a minute, but I mean, I think there's some people who will hear you say this and it's ethereal and it sounds wonderful and people can't really grab like, is this guy for real? Is this guy a Harold Hill who's coming in here? Or is, is he the real deal? And how, how do you assure people that you're the real deal? Well, look, we, we, we came into uh, this wonderful state. I moved here a little over two, two years ago. Uh, we came into the state and we bought $150 million of land and never asked for any kind of benefits or conditions. We didn't even want an announcement. Uh, we've hired over, I believe, 100 people now in, in our office. We're just walking the walk and talking the talk. I, I don't need you to believe me. We're gonna, we are gonna roll out projects and products where they are transparent and they are consumer friendly, where we've reimagined everything and we empower everyone. And that's that's really our motto. You didn't even ask for a special session of the legislature. Oh, that's how it works. <laughs> All right, Chip, let me, let me ask you. Uh, I, I, I saw that my old friend, uh, Bill O'Driscoll interviewed you, I think it was at the end of last year, and I, I don't think you could have sounded more bullish in, in your words about the future of Reno, even after, I mean, the, the, the Great Recession, that, that hurt everybody, but Reno is, is the future. You, you are so bullish on Reno, you're not, not just words and your deeds, that we're, what you're doing right now, why? Well, you know, and uh, my, my friend here, uh, we met each other two, three years ago, and uh, I was buying in Trick at the time, and he came in uh, to my office because Roger Norman <coughs> Sr. said, you two need to meet. And so we have, you know, a thousand acres out at, at Trick. Uh, we have lots of plans and all this stuff, and this guy comes into town. And Google, <laughs> and Switch, and Tesla, and Apple. This guy, that guy right there, that guy changed uh, changed, changed the world for me. He, he, he said, I, I said to him, I said, have you ever heard of the Opportunity Zone? And he said, what, 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 what the hell is that? And so I told him. And we worked together in uh, Park Lane Project, which is a wonderful project, uh, center of it all. And Trek is now in the Opportunity Zone. And, and really what? What that has done for us, it, it's accelerated development and capital deployment um, from a tax structure from the federal government to be able to invest uh, and deploy capital at a rapid rate to create industry, housing, everything uh, to do that. And I did say, you know, I said I'm the biggest liar in the world. I said after the recession, I said I will never develop in Reno again. We developed in California, Idaho, but I, I but but you know now we have you know 
Ranchera, Summit, you know, tax credit deals. Reno went from 12.5% unemployment to 3.6 or whatever it is now. Uh, vacancy factors were 14%, and now, you know, went down to 1.7. You know, I got my friend out here, Lance Gilman, that brought me, you know, out, out to uh, Trick. We have many properties out there. But the capital that's being deployed, and, and, and the, you know, there's 8,000 opportunity, census tract opportunity zones in the United States. Reno is number 18 of where people want to invest. I mean, it is, it is, it, it's a game changer of what's happened here. So I, I just, you know, I'm blessed, I guess is what I should say. And we are all blessed, everybody sitting in this room, of what's happening, happened to this community. And with what this space does, it, it's a game changer. And, and, and he, he and I are working together on some innovation things, innovation but we, we are working on some things that you guys are not, I mean, it is, it is going to be epic. Do it now. I can't. Do United States. You are a supporter of Hillary Clinton? That is not true. You didn't know that? By the way, Lance, I didn't know you let anyone into trick for just a thousand acres. I mean, this guy's a pike guy, right? Yeah, I didn't think he's right. Yeah, yeah. So, he says you're going to keep, keep us honest, but um, there, has been an, there has been an impact, and you've talked a lot about uh, the cost of housing and, and, and just uh, well, let's suppose that everything that these cockeyed optimists uh, that, that are bracketing you comes uh, to pass. Is it all good? Depends uh, what uh, mirror you're looking at. I mean, as soon as um, the Tri Center, or before Tri Center started, when we talked regional, it was Reno, Sparks, and Washington County. And that's still kind of the, I think, too much of an effort is that's the region. And then when uh, uh, Lance and Norman came in there, and, and we started working with them early two, uh, mid 2000. They made us do a map of the footprint of the park, and then they made us do the big bullseye around it, 50 miles, something like that. You know, Lance brings that map everywhere. I think still in his car. But at that point, and we're seeing the infrastructure they put in there, it was obvious to us that that was going to that is now the new region. That's the bull, bullseye, the epicenter of the region. So we need to start thinking bigger. On the infrastructure, local government side, uh, you got to get outside of Washoe County, and we got to start having discussions with stories and lines and the Fernleys, um, and that's what we we that's the obstacle right now is is getting the infrastructure so we can grow east and south of the park. That's where most jobs are going to go to. Uh, we need to invest in those communities to the east and the south so we can put housing. So you're talking, you know, you know water, sewer, police, fire, school. So at the end of the day, you know that's some deep pockets that we gotta that we gotta be sober about on the back end of this. Yeah. So so what? Let me stop him for a second. What 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 we do is that we're a developer. Okay. We we don't create um, growth. We we react to growth. We, we 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 can't we can't do that. So it's the chicken and the egg. Thing and so you got you know NDOT, you got all this stuff, housing growth, this this. But we don't, as a developer, home developer, we just don't we don't go out and build you know ten thousand homes and hoping the industry comes to us. We wait for that guy to come into us, and then we create we create that. So it's a very hard thing, and that's why we're having this huge fluctuation of pricing. Of rental prices, uh, housing prices, uh, and when the when the recession happened, 
we, it was crushed and everybody moved out of this town and now we're trying to rebuild and we're so far behind of what's really ne needed i mean nancy knows we i'm on the board of e or was on the board of Edon. retired thank you uh, but but, but we, we just react to growth, and so it's it's very difficult right now. There's nothing. It's a hard balance. Well, listen, I understand the whole. You know, you can't blame developers for, for, for growth, and, and I, I do think it's up to. That's what government's function is, right? To to, to, to enact policies that they're in the best interest of, 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 of everybody. And to some extent, developers may ask for things, uh, and, and it's up to local governments to say yes or no. Did I ever say no to you? I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so, but Brad, I want to look at, I mean, and Chip brought this up and you alluded to it too, and I'm really interested in your take on this too, Mr. Uh, which is the price of housing. He says fluctuating, which is a euphemism for what's really going on, right? And in fact, just to, just to bring Edon back in, let me quote Mr. Sunshine, Mike Kazmierski, about this. <laughs> housing continues to be our number one concern. At some point, if we don't address housing, we will create so many other problems in the community from having more homeless people to loss of revenue for companies not deciding to come here. If nothing changes, it's going to get pretty bad. Is he right? He is right. He is right. Let Brian, let Brian talk for a second. Go ahead. That could go back to that regional discussion. You can go buy a brand new house in Friendly for $250,000. So, yes, the prices, uh, so as Tesla announced, bang, I mean, I think I knew. The land prices, home prices, we're all going to skyrocket. And it takes a while for that to settle out. These are growing pains. And I always end a lot of my presentations, these are good problems to have. Uh, we have. We have good problems. And it takes time for the stuff to wean out. So these prices did jack up. And then in October, November, we went back down to 360. We stabilized through through February and real sparked. Uh, prices are still uh, pretty low and firmly in the days. Uh, for existing, they're, they're very low. So again, we need to look at the region. When we're talking about home prices, let's look at the region, not just the Reno Sparks uh, high points. Well, let me let me address that for a second. Because I haven't talked to you about this because we talk a lot. Uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, some of my developer friends, whether it's Paul or Bates or whoever, we had such a, a wicked winter, okay? So this is something that you'll get. We had such a wicked winter uh, uh, four weeks ago, Toll Brothers has, I don't know, 17 projects in Reno Sparks. They were selling nine to 13 homes a week with all the projects. Three weeks ago, they sold 32 homes. Two weeks ago, they sold 27 homes. Last week, they sold 40 homes. It's, it's California that couldn't get over the, the, the border. And so I thought it maybe was just a blip. But in California is the stronghold. 65% of the homes that Toll Brothers, other than Ranchera, sells are all California. And I think that I think that's going to continue to come over the come over the border. So let me let me go back to the mayor of Innovation Park for, 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 for a moment. Um, you, you've heard this you've heard this discussion. Uh, and you, you know that. Uh, even though the opportunities are, are almost limitless, that these, these he, you know, Brian says they're good problems to have in some ways. They may not be. I mean, there can be, I've heard of this before, there can be housing bubbles. Uh, there, there can be serious problems if this is not done right. You must have considered some of these things. So we have, and, and we do. I, I, I worry very much about what our impact will be uh, on, on the local communities. but. As we roll out our products and projects, I think you'll find that blockchains is really about the communities. And I don't just mean Story County, I mean all the neighboring communities. I think we're going to have to look at a plan for everything with infrastructure. We're gonna to have to build out infrastructure in other areas so people are willing to move there. And we have to worry about gentrification. I agree with what Brian said, though, that, that these are good problems to have. They're just not good for the people who are suffering because of them. But for a community, for a state, it's, it is a, it's a positive thing. But yes, we do worry, and, and we will continue to, to reach out to the community members of when there's issues and try to solve them. That, that's really what I think I do best is problem solve. So if somebody brings us a problem, we will find a way to, to, to 
Maybe we might not make it perfect, but we will make it better. So can, can you talk at all about the timeline and, and, the, and the products that you're going to be rolling out and, and breaking ground on those? Can you talk more about that? Sure. So I, I know there's, there's a lot of people who are like, we haven't done anything yet, right? But, but if you think about, we're trying to reimagine what it is to, to live in a smart city. See, other places take current infrastructure and they add smart devices to it. But, but we're not looking to do that. We're looking to create a smart city from the ground up. And that means you first have to deal with infrastructure, power, water. So we announced, you know, we're working with Envy Energy on an amazing project. We'll be announcing a water project as well. We, we have to solve those issues first, sewer. Then we have to figure out how do you master plan out 67,000 acres. And oh, by the way, we have wild horses that deserve a place to make sure they stay where they are. So we, we have all of these things and we have different groups and committees that are working on them. I would estimate that we'll likely break ground on our vaults next year, late in the year. Uh, we will probably break ground on the smart city somewhere closer to 2022. And, and the ultimate build out, in case people are, are, are not familiar with it, how long will it take? How many people are going to be living there? Well, what's it going to look like? Well, so so I want to make sure that we're clear because I, I, I read it in, a, in an article. We Our conversations with Story County have been what what are the base rules? What are we looking at? We have not yet presented anything to Story County uh, officially because it, when you're when you're thinking about changing things, you you rethink. And I use this as an example, and they always tell me don't use it. But toilets are an example, right? When when you rethink the toilets, there are there's technology out there now that requires no water, and, and there there are things that we can do if we're starting from the ground up that nobody else can do, and and that's. And that's why all of these things take so much time for us, because if we don't want to make a mistake, right? We don't want to say, oh, we're going to build uh, a nanotech uh, area in the park and then realize that was a really piss poor place to build it. So it's just taking a, a lot of time. And frankly, it's very hard to, 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 to get enough talented people. You know, we're competing with Tesla, we're competing with Google, we're competing with, with all of these tech companies that are out here now. You know anybody on the Story County Commission? Yeah. I, the guy who sold me the property, I think, has something to do with it. Is there more than one member on the Story County Commission? Yes, <laughs> so, so, Brian, look, you know, one of the things both these gentlemen brought up, and I want you to talk about this too, is, I mean, once you, you start doing what's going on in Trick now, you're essentially creating an, an entirely new community and, and city there, uh, that, right next to this already bustling city. And the issue of regional planning, and you brought up uh, infrastructure. Where does this ever happen, if you can draw an analogy? Uh, the government side, or not, I don't do too much public policy and government work, but I, I like that what's coming in is more creative and, and ingenuity is part of it instead of the track homes. So if it was the track home model, then we'd be all, all be trouble. We'd be Roseville 2.0. Uh, so, but I like that this is going to be different. And if we can, you know, learn from like Israelis with how they use the water, uh, stuff like that. If we can be a model, a pilot study in northern Nevada for the world on how to create a smart city, then I say we go for it. Excuse me. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's too much optimism here. Let me let, let me do something. About this. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there are people now. Look at the average price. You said 360, and the last I read was 375. I mean, there there are going. You could be creating a caste system here if, you, if you're not careful. Is that not right? I mean, haves and have-nots. Aren't you worried about that? No, the builders are smart. I think the builders are really smart. If, there's, if you watch the developments come in right now, it's a lot of uh, trying to meet the middle. Uh, 4,000 square foot lots and less. So a lot of townhomes are coming in. Uh, Multi-family, you're starting to read about the twisted metal uh, uh, cargo containers. You start to see that creative and the little uh, uh, stuff. And you look at, if you watch the, the development and the building permits, a lot of tiny, small infill products coming in 
um, you know, five unit, ten unit stuff. Uh, I think the builders are smart and they know where people, once, you, once we hit 375, uh, the sales dropped off 20%. So that's where you hit that wage mark, that wage level. So they know we gotta get back down. If we wanna sell this product, we gotta move, if we wanna move this product, we gotta build it smart, we gotta build it for the millennials, which is our biggest in-migration population. Uh, so the builders know what's going on with that workforce housing. Are you builders smart? No. <laughs> like I said, we build, we, we, we uh, react to growth. Uh, I think probably one of the most exciting things that we're doing, I mean, Park Lane's great, Ranch is great and all that, but working with, with uh, Jeff and his brother, I just saw walked in, David, I think that our market is moving so fast, so fast, that we have to look at some really innovative, innovative uh, ways to create growth and for workforce housing. You know, I, I do uh, workforce housing, you know, 4% tax credit deals, we have the largest uh, workforce housing project down at the summit. You know, we're 50% of the uh, average uh, minimum income people get to live here, so a $1,500 unit is for 600 bucks, you know, and, and, and it's this economic uh, innovation for people that can live in a great area that can pay 50% or 40% of what the, you know, the market rate is. So you, you have to get creative, and what Jeff, what Jeff and his brother David are creating out at Trick is great. Trick's not the only deal, right? It's, it, it's a great deal, Roger Norman. Roger, Roger, Norman are dear friends. Lance is a dear friend. But, you know, Reno has to, you know, kind of grow together. And so um, we're looking at all kinds of different options in the market to create housing, to create industrial, to create technology uh, growth in this market. So, I mean, it, we, we you know, it's the world is our oyster right now in Reno. It's like uh, Austin, Texas, back in the day, and so it's ours to lose, and it's our city council to screw it up as well. I don't know if there's any city council members here that want to be mad at me. Well, we're we're, we're going to write a story about this. Yeah. The video will be available. To yeah, 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 yeah. So Thank don't worry you. about Thank that. You. you know, every Tom Love, Mark out there at Envy Energy. I, you know, all these guys, it's really ours to lose at this point because the economy's so good. And what Joe's but but, but well, let's, let, let me just stop for a second. You, you said a lot there. I could, well, you, you took a leave. I got to put some stuff But seriously, opportunity zones, tax incentives, you know, those can be controversial. Like, they're helping you guys and they're helping people up here, maybe. But there's going to be people who are going to miss out on this. Uh, 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 on this, you know, this bountiful future of Reno, it's going to zip by, and someday there's going to be, as I mentioned before, is there going to be enough affordable housing? Will there be places for these are real issues? The, the, the opportunity zone is is meant to help uh, uh, lower income areas. Meant to. Meant to. I think it will. Um, I think it will create a platform for people to be able to live in these census tracts that are low, low to moderate income, and that that, uh, that it, it will keep, the more growth you have, the lower the price goes, okay? The less growth you have, the higher the price goes in an accelerating economy. It's the only part of economics in college I understood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I think that, that, that having people invest uh, I'll say wealthy people invest in low-income areas is going to create this platform not to flip to invest for a long-term future for affordable affordable housing so it's a balance it's a balance I think it's a good balance you look like you want to jump in no Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll give you a rest of that. So, Brian, does that make sense to you? Is that how it works? And, I mean, all of this sounds great. There's, there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, there's one of our biggest challenges is the challenge of, of many communities, West Coast, throughout the nation, which is income inequality and the non-workforce housing issue. Um, and we tend to think that that's the government's problem. 
and, and we leave that to the government, and we're starting to see some stuff, you know, from Julie Ratty and her housing bills. It's going to uh, help approach that, as well as the local stuff we're doing, man camp on Sage Street. We've got the Nevada Mental Health Grounds. We're going to turn that into family, uh, homeless shelter. Um, and then what Community Foundation is doing with the land trusts, so we can start doing some philanthropy towards getting these lands. We can build affordable housing for the people who can't afford housing. Uh, so there's two issues. There's the workforce housing, which I, I believe in the builder to answer that, and then the non-workforce housing, which is more of a government philanthropy issue. So I mean, government is, is uh, I mean, she made one comment about, uh, you know, the city council. You know, not everyone's as friendly as, as Lance Gilmore. And, and so, uh, uh, I, I guess, I'm, I, are you worried? I mean, you're, you're starting to get the sense of, of, of the political landscape. Uh, he mentioned Julia Ratty's bill, which is which is very controversial with some with some people. Uh, now there was rent control coming to Nevada. That's going to be a disaster. You've heard some of the critics say stuff uh, like this. But the legislature is important. The city councils are, are, are important. Government can play a role here, neither helping or hurting what's going on, right? Yeah, but I don't think government can solve it. I think it's going to have to be industry that's going to solve it. There's going to be a market out there, uh, and, and it will get filled. I, I think government can hurt what we're doing. I think government can prevent uh, solutions from occurring, but I don't think that they actually can solve the problem. See, like one of the things that we think are important about blockchain technology is it's, it's going to bring on an empowerment to monetize you. Like you're going to control your identity, so you're going to be able to make money off of, of, of your identity. It's not going to be some medical provider who's using your uh, medical test to, to test a drug against. It's going to be, hey, we'd like to use your medical records anonymously. We'll pay you for it. That's the future. So we believe that by starting here, we're going to lift up the community with better paying jobs and better benefits. So. Uh, housing is going to be affordable. Uh, that's how we think we're going to attack it. So you mentioned that government can't solve it, and maybe even government could end up hurting what's going on. But government's responsibility is not to just take care of, uh, of Jeff Burns and Chip Holby, it's to look out for everybody, right? And so it, it's kind of difficult because, I mean, there's no bigger booster of Reno than the, than, than the mayor of Reno. She, she, in some ways, has changed the way that people look uh, at Absolutely. Reno. But uh, I don't know if you've noticed that she's only one vote. Uh, and, and, and so even her boosterism has to be leavened to some extent by looking out for all of her constituents. And so what, if, if you're advising her or the council, or what, what, is, what, what, what is the balance that you strike? What, what are the don'ts? What are the do's? Well, I, I don't know what the don'ts and do's are yet. I, I, I don't think anybody really does. I bet Chip does. <laughs> yeah, but I think Chip's going to approach it from a different perspective. Right. We're trying almost like a do-no-harm approach to what we're doing. So every every step we we take, we look at all sides and we try to figure out what is the best solution. We're, we're going to make so many mistakes. I, I tell our team all the time, we are going to fail constantly. But if we pick ourselves up and we keep going forward, we will find a great solution. And, and that's all I can offer is like, I, I will not find a perfect solution for Northern Nevada. I will find a great solution and I will be transparent, blockchains will be transparent about what we're doing. And, and, and the people of Nevada can decide yes or no through city council, through, through our commissioners, whether or not our, our plan makes sense. Now, Jeff, 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 you're so different because you're, you're talking about, you're global, you're global. You know, you talk about Reno or Sparks, whatever. You know, we're kind of, you know, regional and all that. So, you know, the only thing I can say about Reno City Council or Sparks or Washoe County, get out of your way. You know, uh, quit, you know, make things happen. Make things happen. How do they do that, though? I mean, that's... That's That's what... That's what business guys always say right to government you know uh, get out of the way let us do our thing it'll be good for everybody rising tide lifts all boats all the other cliches that you probably trotted out in front of these groups um, but what does that mean that means don't be reno california 
to give me facts. Because we need facts. So anyway, <laughs> this, 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 if you guys need facts, this is the guy with facts. And then I'll I'll embellish on Okay, that's right. right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the spin guy. Let me go back to the fact let me go back to the facts guys. So my only, and this is not completely analogous, Brian, but uh, I, I moved to Las Vegas in 1984. And the Las Vegas of 1984, and what happened in the next 10, 15, 20 years, there was growth like nobody had ever seen in this country, literally. And then suddenly, you know, the governments were proving everything. They were listening to guys like Chip, who knew the right people, uh, to get their projects through. And, and, and so they, they approved everything. And then suddenly they said, oh, wait a second. We might not have water. There, 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 there's, there's a housing bubble developing, and then wham, look, look, look what happened. That's, I know it's not completely analogous, but to some extent, it's a similar kind of thing that, that's going on out there. How do you stop bad things from happening? I think our, our geography is going to help stop it, or topography. We have to grow up in the valleys that are really expensive for, for sewage and water. Uh, and we, there's only one line of sand in Las Vegas, city of Las Vegas, Clark County. Uh, again, back to the region, you've got five, six counties, and you've got cities within that. Uh, that's going to really gum up the system with, with approvals uh, and getting infrastructure in. And I, I think that's your next panel, John, is, is you really need to get uh, representative from every local government up on stage and have them have this conversation from their point of view of their infrastructure issues and, and, and why the revenues aren't there. And, and have the developers out there and, and have that conversation. Uh, uh, Las, Vegas, Las Vegas is completely different, in my opinion, than Reno. We live in a bowl, okay? So you can't build on 50% topography. So we live in a bowl. Las Vegas, you can build forever. So we are constrained by our topography, whether it's cost or, you know. But you, can still, you can still run out of water. You can still have housing, a housing bubble that, that, that bursts. And, I'm not saying it's the same, and uh, despite your criticism of my analogy, I'm going to keep using it. And I guess what, what, I'm, what I think you would worry about is that people in Las Vegas really suffer when some of these bad things happen. I mean, so. And, and, and so you don't want that to happen. It, it hurts your business. It hurts your business. It hurts the whole community. That's the only. That's the only uh, yeah, but well, you know, water, water. You know, Mark's here. Throw up all the water uh, issues. I think are solved. I don't want to be a big, you know. Has, has Trick stolen all the water already? No, no, no. That's, 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 that's different. That's, that's, that's different. But I, I think I really don't think we have a water issue. I really don't think we have a land issue. You know, we have the the federal government, the, all the land that's owned by the federal government, but. Reno is just kind of different than Vegas. Well, I know that. that, that that's right. Yeah. So, so you're not worried. You don't worry about anything. What's wrong with you? I, I worry every day. <laughs> I wake up and I worry every day. Well, what, what about the issue? Let me ask you this, uh, 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 Mr. Burns, and that is this. What about workforce development issues? What, 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 what about uh, how big an issue is that going to be? It, it, it is a, a huge issue. We've created an education department and, and blockchains and staffing that up. We're working on uh, curriculum changes for high school students to, to teach coding. And, and really, you know, uh, Governor Sislak, we have, I've had this discussion with him, and we have got to start to focus our young, young people on they don't necessarily have to go to college, tech school, coding. Uh, I can hire a lawyer for, for less than I can hire a, a, a teenage coder who, who, knows, who knows coding. There, there's an opportunity here for all of our young people. We're taking that seriously. We're looking at how we might be able to use uh, to our sandbox to show how education itself could be changed with blockchain technology. Knowing grades, knowing what you know, what classes were taken, knowing what tests have been approved, all of that kind of stuff would sit. Those systems will change the way we teach our children. And, and therefore, our children will have an advantage. I mean, I have children that are in the school system here, so I, I want what's best, too. Now, let me be perfectly clear. I am a big cheerleader for Reno. But I will say that this economy will stop without creating jobs, creating educated people, and creating housing. So that will stop. That will stop this economy dead in their, in, in, in their shoes. Well, what, what kind of partnerships are you pursuing, need to be pursued between guys like you and not, you know, the, the secondary school system is great and uh, 
the, the, the community college and, and, and college. What, what, do you, what should they be doing to help? So what we're doing, and, and Jeff knows this, and so does Brian, we, our capital partners are heavily involved in education. And so we've been meeting with uh, 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 UNR, uh, TMCC, uh, uh, all the community colleges to create more of a, a vocational program for HVAC electric. I mean, Google needs 800 electricians tomorrow, right? So our approach is that we can't just invest in real estate, we have to invest in entertainment, the arts, the uh, medical, uh, education, whether it's K through 12 or whatever. And so our view, and we've got about a $2 billion investment right now in Reno, the area, is that we cannot just invest in real estate where we make money. We have to invest in the community. Call it bullshit, call it whatever you want, but you know, Jeff knows our partners and we are completely consumed into how to make this community work. And, and, and I think you have to. And they've imposed on me, you have to do this. So, you know, I've got my cousin out there, Wendy and Renal and Sarah, and all these people. We have to invest in our community or we will fail. And investing in the community means investing in an education system yes. that has been, you know, criticized for, for so many years, right? Okay, horrible. Uh, that's quite the endorsement. And, 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 and the question is, what can, let me address this to, to, to you, um, what, what can government, what can the educational system do to open up these opportunities? I understand change the dynamic of education, to start teaching coding earlier, do these kinds of things in a changing world, especially with, with the advent of tech and whatever that blockchain I'm gonna get in huge trouble for, for answering the truth, but, but education needs to be completely rewritten. We're teaching children things they don't need to know anymore. We're, they're, you, you know, technology will fill that gap. And I, I've talked to people who said, oh, well, they still need to learn it because what if the technology's not there? But if we lose our technology, we have worse problems than kids not knowing how to spell, right? We should refocus and start teaching for the next century instead of the last century. I know that's a big wish list, so we obviously, I, I think, small. Uh, so we'll start by just having a few programs that we're working with to try to, 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 to push education. So we should stop teaching spelling? That is your solution? No, I, I didn't say we should stop teaching spelling. But the reality is we waste a lot of time. It, school is babysitting. It, it really is. Children, children should have more arts and, and, and interaction and social experiences and rely on technology for things like geography and things like that because they don't need it. And we have this, we have this dream to like, oh, it's what we did in the past, so, so we should continue to do it. But, but everybody thinks that. It's time to rethink education. But, but, I'm so sorry to get so strong there. As, as a relative newcomer to the state, you can talk about, sorry, Brian, we're getting into, into this. Uh, now, what I've noticed over the years here is that uh, there's no culture here that really values education the way that it should be valued. I mean, they're debating in the last three weeks of the legislature yeah. whether they can find $80 million to balance a $6 billion budget, and then they're going to be proud of themselves because they gave teachers a, a, a little raise. I, I don't mean to diminish that, but what I'm suggesting is that how do you turn that around? Because companies such as yours, many of the ones that are, that are at trick need to change this paradigm to rethink everything. We have to do it. How we do you have, do it? Well, I, we have to work with government. We have to work with educators. We have to create. We have to, with, like Tesla has a program that they're doing where they're a robotics program that they sponsor. That, that is going to empower every one of those, those kids who go through that. We will have similar things. Google is looking at similar things. Like all of us need to, we have to improve the, we have to improve the education system. We have to make sure that the people that, that are living here are happy living here. And that means their kids are getting a good education and have a good future when they, when they graduate. And I don't think we should necessarily be pushing college to, to everybody like, like we always do. 
I, I think industry has to start to, to sit, to, you know, to rear its head and say, look, this is what we need. This, these are the solutions we can offer, and and let let the people of Nevada decide. Before you, the four-year debt program of, of you know college, um, these kids that, that have on their head. Joel Joel Grace is and I are working on a program with our capital partners that have uh, KnowledgeWare. And uh, we're working on a program to put out a trick. Don't know what's gonna happen, but we're working with Google, blockchain, Switch, Tesla, and Apple to have a vocational program. And maybe they work six hours, you know, eight hours a day in blockchains, and they come to our facility, they learn different trades. So I just think we have to we have to change our way of thinking, like what he's saying, of how to create how to improve and create a longevity in this economy to to educate these kids that are coming out of school right now. And, and we need to do it virtually too, so that you don't necessarily have to come to Innovation Park to get this. That, that anybody can, can get educated, and we have the technology now to do that. Um, I, I see the uh, bars are opening, so that's the sign. Because we're going to wrap this pretty soon. I, I can talk to you guys about this all day, but well, let me bring Brian back into the conversation and kind of uh, try to bring this home in this way. I mean, obviously, the mix of the workforce and what, whether or not kids coming out of high school are going to want to go and work for work out out at, at Trek or, or kids from college say, "Wow, you know, I, I'm really I see the excitement of Reno." The mix of the workforce is also going to affect housing and all kinds of other things. How does that look for you? Uh, I'm, I'm amused after listening to baby boomers talking about Gen Z and, and they're all, they're all in, in Apple University every day to look at their smartphone. So I'm very bullish on the youth. I think they're going to grow up and be super smart kids. Uh, maybe not as social and outdoorsy as, as we hope they will, but I, I think these kids, uh, these programs are going on with EDON, and a lot of programs are going, it's turning the battleship around the ocean, trying to get these, you know, change curriculum is very hard within the institutions. Uh, but these kids are going to come up, they're going to be smart, and if you can incentivize through these programs and maybe start paying teachers on the side, and maybe paying the kids that are going through these programs, uh, that's how you're going to get your crew. You're also a couple hundred miles from Silicon Valley. You're going to have that overflow, uh, and, and that goes back to the quality of life discussion that I don't think we even tapped on, is that you've got to keep this area with a, a good quality of life that we have right now. Uh, and we got to have an open space. we got to protect our trails, and so we can keep these. So, so it's interesting you bring that up. I mean, that is essentially a function of what government is going to do, government is, is, is going to allow. So, Brent, talk about the policies. Do you, do you see that happening? I mean, people are happy generally with the quality of life on here. It's actually more grassroots level. We got one truck rivers just kind of forming, trying to get everybody support, trying to get some legislation going so you can protect this river, get this river so it's like a Bend, Oregon, or or a, a Boise River kind of for the families to come down and enjoy. So you've got some grassroots stuff that's happening. We're starting to connect with local governments and trying to build a consensus with the quality of life and make that part of the discussion with the river. So one thing we haven't mentioned up here, and we're going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to wrap up in a few minutes, but I do want to talk, it's interesting, we've been talking uh, all this time, we haven't even talked at all about the industry that has dominated this city and this state for a long time. That's the gaming industry. So Chip, how does that play into this? I mean, people talk about economic diversification, what's going on at Drake, and all the rest of it's going on. This is still a gaming town. Well, I think gaming was 38% of the economy 10 years ago. It's like, I don't know, 12, 8, 12, 10%. 10% of the economy now. I don't, I don't think it's hurting. I think that the Coronos, uh, the GSR, uh, some of the other casinos, I think they're doing very well right now. But, you know, the, the, I think the worldview of Reno, of Reno 911, whatever, has really changed into an education, you know, tier one college, UNR, uh, and technology. I mean, at, at, at Edon, you know, we started out, when I started at Edon, we were distribution, distribution, distribution. Then we turned into manufacturing. And then, then this last year, we've turned into most of our companies that have come in here, they've been technology, and they've been headquartered. 
And so we've gone through this transition. So I don't think there's, I don't think there's a bad thing to say about uh, casinos and gaming. I just think that the vision of Reno uh, has really changed into a uh, advanced manufacturing technology, and I think I think that's going to go just like this with what he's doing or what we're doing together on some other stuff. But I, I what I, is that stuff? I get to <laughs> but, but I, I'm telling you. It's going to be good. I'm also gaming. You know, gaming is part of the state, but we we will eventually build an e-gaming arena, unlike anything that's ever been designed, and and that's going to reinvigorate the gaming industry of the state, right? Because esports will far surpass all professional sports rapidly once it's happened. So it, that is a new revenue stream that the state is just sitting waiting for. There's so many platforms that are being created right now by him and others that have not been even recognized yet on my cheerleader speech. But I just think that, that everybody in this room should recognize that this is going to be something that has some likes. Well, oh, but it's interesting because you mentioned e-gaming and you mentioned, uh, you know, some of these brick and mortar places are not thrilled with that with that idea. That some of them are more more willing to adapt and actually piggyback onto others. Say, Wait a second, they got to try to stop this. You can see what's going on at the at the federal level with with, with some of this stuff. And the question is, I mean, can you all work together, be friends? Uh, I, I've heard. I, I went on a tour of of, of Tesla recently. And, and they talk about some of these folks who work in a place like the Atlanta saying, wow, look at these opportunities here, look at the trick, and, and they're gonna and they're gonna see better opportunities there. How do you coexist? How do you coexist uh, with with industry? Well, look, I, I if if it's okay, you, you take Envy Energy, right? Envy Energy is is what you would envision as, as a monopoly. Now, after learning MV Energy's business model, I'm actually more sympathetic than I've ever been to, to, to the plight of energy. But but when we when we went to MV Energy, the response from MV Energy was, look, show us how this technology can deliver a better experience to our customers at a better price. That's that's a that's a company we want to work with because we believe this technology can do that. So if we have a willing partner, we will. The, the Ferraris, I've met with them. They are interested in putting something in this casino to test e-gaming. I, I believe you either get on board or you're going to miss at this point, right? Because you can't stop what's happening with this technology. You can't. It, it takes away the ability for special interests to block growth. Blockchain, it re-empowers each of us and takes away power from government, from corporations. So if, if anybody wants to work with, with blockchain technology, they, they can find ways to be more efficient and deliver a more honest experience to their customers. And, and that's why we set, we call this a sandbox, right? Because we want NV Energy to come work with us. We want to work with the people who are interested in doing that. Obviously, you're bullish on the technology, even though you did, I don't want to bring, bring it back to the beginning, but wait a second, yes I do. And in, in which you talked about that spec, it could be the most spectacular crash in the history. Well, I, you could be wrong. A hundred percent I could be wrong. And, and, you, and you think about, right, if, if we can create a self-sovereign identity and, and, and be able, by, by that meaning you control your own identity. And, and, and offer custody solutions so that the assets that are digitized you have control over that. And then and then create a reputation system that we all understand the rules for. That's that's the holy grail to be able to accomplish that. All right, um, I want to wrap up the discussion, gentlemen, and I'm gonna ask you each to answer this question. I'll start with you, uh, Brian, uh, before we get to the rays of sunshine. And Obviously, there are a lot of great things happening in this area. Uh, what Chip's doing, what, what, what's happening out uh, at Trick. What keeps you up at night? What worries you about the future? Probably automation. What that's going to do to you know already the unskilled labor that, that we're already having big challenges with uh, in the next five ten. That stuff's really going to kick in. 
I fear that's going to be pushed up by if we do a minimum wage hike to 12, 15 bucks an hour. Those food services jobs in Las Vegas are really going to go automation quickly. And then you got you have that other uh, uh, population that we're going to have to deal with then with that unskilled labor. So uh, it's automation that, that I fear. Jim, what keeps you up at night? Everything. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I can't talk about a lot of it. But, uh, you know what? Um, it just the housing crisis. Uh, I, I just worry that we're not going to engage in making this thing really work. Meaning, uh, Reno or Washoe County, that we're not going to engage and, and we're going to miss the boat, and we're not going to create the jobs that are needed, the education that's needed. Um, all of those things that my capital partners and I were trying to focus on, but we're just one. And so I worry about, I, I, you know, I, I, I do. I, I, you know, I wake up at, at one o'clock in the morning, I have to get my glasses on, write it down, because I can't remember and I can't see. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 I worry that we're gonna miss the boat on an opportunity that that is in front of us. And it's just like, so big, and I don't think ever, anybody gets it. Mayor of Innovation Park, what keeps you up at night? Um, if I'm correct, and 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 we uh, and law change spreads out all over the world, I, I worry about what the ramifications of that are. I also know that we have a, tre a tremendous number of targets on our back because. We're taking on the financial industry, the insurance industry, government, Amazon, Google. Blockchain affects everything. So I, I worry about maybe missing something, maybe not having my flank protected. It's quite Makes sense. Listen, gentlemen, I really appreciate the, the, the kind of discussion we've had today. I hope that you'll give them a round of applause. Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Matters. If you want to support the pod, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or any other platform such as Stitcher or Spotify. You can also support us by going to our Support Our Work tab on our homepage, thenevadaindependent.com, and donating to the Indie that way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Matters. I'm Joey Lovato, and we'll talk to you next week.